Welcome to the Big Ideas Show. I'm here with Bridget from Strange Cargo. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to be here. And our chat today is going to be about creating cultural communities, isn't it? Yes. So that's going to be our chat. You're the first in this series of self-expression and message, and we're going to be coming back after these quick titles. You're listening to the Big Ideas Show. Featured supporter... Bullfish Glass Services are bespoke high-end glass manufacturers offering outstanding quality and service to help you bring your construction or interior design ideas to life. They share our vision and values of giving people the opportunity to learn, grow and discover their eureka moment. Bridget, hello. Hello, Lou. Hello, it's great to have you here today. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, it's lovely. And because uh, I've been seeing, interacting at school in various stages with the work that you do mm. for many years. So it's wonderful to kind of come here and hear a little bit more about what goes on behind the scenes. Great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're talking about creating cultural communities, aren't we? But before we go into the quickfire questions, can you tell me a little bit more what that means for you and the kind of the wider context of what kind of our topic for today? I think personally for me, I came into the arts a bit later than most people. I didn't do my art training until I was in my 30s. Uh, I'd had a, a life before, if you like. I sort of, you know, I'd worked in admin, I had a family, all of those sorts of things. So they sort of set me up that I was in a position that I came to it wondering where my place in the arts was, mm. how I would access the arts, you know, where, where, you know what do you do? How do you, how do you become part of it? And I think... Um, I brought that to the work that I do at Strange Cargo and my practice is how do people who maybe feel that the arts isn't part of their lives find the open door, mm. feel connected, feel involved? And, and that's, that's basically the nub of everything that um, Strange Cargo is and it's definitely what my practice is. Yeah, that's really great because, yeah, as you're saying, it's, it can be seen kind of quite elitist, the art sometimes, can't it? And you've got over the last however many years, how many years has it been? Uh, 20, 23. <gasps> so, yeah. Wow, yeah, <laughs> you certainly have brought people into art and um, I'm already asking you questions when I'm meant to be going quick fire, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> have you, has there been anyone that particularly comes to mind over those years that you've introduced to something, maybe they came on board as a youngster or maybe not a youngster, and you've then seen what they've done and it was that spark that they needed to take them into, into arts in whatever form? Yeah, I think there's so many. Um, I mean, re recently, I mean, what's been really lovely for me this year, our Cherry Very Day Carnival is 22 years old this year, and... What was absolutely brilliant was the team of artists that I work with, a lot of them were in their 20s and early 30s. They'd been children in the parades years ago. They've been away. They're trained artists now. They are actually making their living and have, have their own practice. But they come in and they work with us because they know what, what it's about and mm. they know how important it is. And that was a bit of a eureka moment for me to sort of walk oh. into the workshop and think... Blimey, you know, these, these people have grown up, they're the next generation and they value what this is bringing, um, which isn't just about carnival, it's about that invitation. So that yeah. was a bit of a, that was you know, oh, one moment. That gives, that gives me goosebumps because it's <laughs> like, that's really, must be really wonderful to oh, go, yeah, to lovely. see it going full cycle and then coming back and going. Because I think it's very easy, isn't it? You, you, you know you have an impact. People say, oh, thank you for X, Y, whatever it may be in mm. any element. But to see how much impact it's had that they then want to come back and put so much time and kind of contribute absolutely yes no completely no it's very exciting awesome okay we're gonna have to go back we're gonna go back to the quick fire questions okay. because otherwise i'll get carried away um right so self-expression and message is our theme for this month mm -hmm. so i'm going to hit you with some 
variety of random questions. Okay. Favourite colour? Purple. Hmm. Okay, three core values. I'd say excellence, participant, participation, uh, access and excellence, I would say, would awesome. be our three core values. Okay. Um, Favourite medium for self-expression or to share a message? Being outside. Yeah. People, yeah. the public. Just general in the public public realm, I think, yeah. is a really important place to be because that's where everybody is. That's where that's what we all share. Mm. Okay. Uh, Favourite artist, designer, or creator, like, you know... Uh, Kind of at a national level, international national level, level. Um, or historical level. Do you know I went to see uh, an exhibition at Tate Britain last week, and uh, I saw the um, the work of um, Paula Rago, and okay. I just I love Paula Rago, and it's sort of yeah, she's just extraordinary. She sort of brings quite extraordinary messages into her work, and mm. I think that's fascinating. Cool. Okay, best way to get your message across? Uh, put an open. Um, message. I think you, the, the message needs to be broad. Okay. I think invite as many people to join in and make that message as accessible to as many people as you can. Mm -hmm. That way you'll reach lots of people. Okay, awesome. Uh, Favourite piece of work you've personally created? Ooh, that's quite <laughs> tricky. Um, I, I think Everywhere Means Something to Someone, which is the People's Guidebook to Folkestone, mm -hmm. is something I can go back to again and again. And I, I grew up in Folkestone, but I learned such a lot about Folkestone by doing it. And every, even though I know it cover to cover, I can still open the book and think, oh, I, didn't, I don't remember reading that. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it was a lovely thing to make. I know the impact has been you know, great that it's had, and I really, uh, yeah, I, that's a lovely piece for me. Mm, definitely. And is that still something people can get? Because I think I've got one at home somewhere. Yes, yeah. But it's still available for people It to is. Get. It's for sale in Waterstones, or you can buy it from us if you want to, but um, it's actually been become a bestseller. It's, um, oh, awesome. We've sold over 7,000 copies of it, so it's, oh, wow. yeah, and they've gone all over the world. So folks and sort of, mm. uh, it's known by people all over the world, which yeah. is uh, great. Because I imagine with the, the kind of regeneration, the stuff that's going on in folks at the moment, that's only going to grow the interest and the oh gosh yeah everybody knows about Folkestone now and, and years ago they did they knew about it for the wrong reasons now mm. they know about it for the right reasons yeah. which is great okay great uh what would your message in a bottle be join in yes that's good <laughs> I like that one okay biggest challenge in self-expression or getting your message across I think it's retaining confidence in what you're doing um when it's tough when it gets hard, because if it's a career that you've chosen in, in the arts, it's not always going to be easy, and mm -hmm. it's easy to feel that other people are doing a better job than you or have better ideas than you. You know, fight through that, because, you know, you've got your own ideas. I always say to artists who sort of worry that the only thing that you can bring to the arts which is unique is yourself. So stick with yourself. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 work, work your way through it. <laughs> OK, uh, favourite local artist? Ooh, favourite look. I've worked a lot with an artist called Greg Stobbs over yes. the years, and yeah. uh, Greg is amazing, and, yeah, he's one of my very favourite local yeah. artists. I know I know some of his stuff. I see it all online, and um, the stuff for the triennial, the, the, like, I can't remember what it was called, but I remember the experience, and I can kind of see it in my mind. Yeah. The, um, it was the big hug thing, wasn't it? Oh, that was at the Cheriton Light Festival. Yes, sorry, yes, the Light Festival. Yes, that's right, yes. yes. That, that was, was cool. the piece that uh, he made this year, which was yeah, it's extraordinary. I think he always pushes the boundaries of what his practice has done so far, and I think that's what's yeah. fascinating yeah, about it. It, wasn't it doesn't lose it. the core of the value to him of what his practice is about, yeah. but finds a new way to express that. Mm. Yes. Okay, and final one, how do you spark self-expression? 
How do you, oh gosh, that's a hard one, isn't it? <laughs> I just think you just keep mulling over ideas and then one day you just think, oh my goodness, I want to do that. That's, that's my next thing. And just, you know, you might sort of go through a hundred different small mm. ideas and then all of a sudden you just think that's what I want to do. That's, you know, that's what I want to do next. So okay. I don't know really. <laughs> so it sounds like when it all kind of clicks into place, you can have all the pieces of the puzzle and they're shuffling around and, and then suddenly they just slot in and you're like, that's, that's the it. idea yeah. or that's the... Trust, trusting your, your gut instinct, I think, is the most important thing. And that's what I do every time. If it feels right, then it is right. Yeah. And okay. that's, that's it. You okay. can't always explain it, but if it feels right, you know, generally it is. It is the right thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Okay, awesome. Good stuff. That's quick fire questions done. Okay. We'll go back into um, Strange Cargo and the work you've done. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me, you touched on it a little bit there at the beginning, but can you tell me a bit, a bit more about your story and kind of how you came into this and how that's kind of set up your values of it being for everyone? Okay. Well, um I think I've said that I sort of studied uh, in my 30s and that's sort of coming into the arts and sort of wondering how other people, you know, felt about the arts in folks. I mean, I was very lucky that I started work with Strange Cargo when it was in its infancy. There's the, the company actually came into being off the back of uh, the opening of the Channel Tunnel. Mm -hmm. So 1994, the, the, the guys, Art and Simon, Simon Bolton, Art Hewitt, who started the company, they worked on that. They started Strange Cargo. And I worked with them from, from the early years, uh, and that was great. I mean, I was very lucky as I graduated a month after I got the job. So I've been there ever since I graduated. But I was interested, and, and um, as an artist, it was quite a strange situation to find myself in, that I was in working with a celebratory and carnival company. Mm -hmm. And I'd just come out of quite a conceptually rigorous fine art sort of training and thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, how am I going to sort of marry this with my sort of fine art training? But once I relaxed into it, I thought, you know, such a gift to actually learn how to work with hundreds of people to make a carnival or a lantern parade or something like that. It mm -hmm. gave me the skills to be able to work with that same group of people to make a public artwork or to have yeah. an exhibition. And I think that's, um, that's what I learned. That's, you know, that was the evolution of my mm. practice. And just that relaxing into thinking, it doesn't matter if other people don't get it, that it yeah. is still a piece of visual fine art practice. You know that has to be learned, and that's yeah. over the years we've made enough work now for that to sort of feel like it has its own place within the arts. Yeah. So was that? Would you say that was the main learning for people who may be coming out of art school and going, "Oh, now how do I make that career?" To to yeah. kind of relax and uh, how do you transition from that where you're maybe doing work for yourself in in kind of college or whatever you're studying yeah. to then going oh it's not just about me it's about other people and participation yeah what would be some of your kind of advice that you things that you learned that you'd like to kind of share with others yeah I think well I think I'm always interested in the idea of participation even before I realized that I was mm. I think so it's not for everybody that that sort of practice isn't for everybody um which is absolutely fine but uh for me it was just because I grew up in Folkestone, it's, I sort of I had a, an understanding of the town and a, and a love for the town. And thinking, I mean, the first major piece of work I made was the hands, like the back of my hand at Folkestone Station. Yeah. And that was a millennium piece. And it was just really trying to think of a way to celebrate the millennium with people who lived here. What could we do? What could we do that was going to involve lots of people? Um, and it was we managed to raise a small amount of money, so it wasn't a, l a lot of money that we raised to do it. Bought a bag of plaster and mm -hmm. you know all that sort of thing. So the handprints were all done in plaster originally, and it was all just very sort of low sort of tech sort of um, beginnings. But um, 
it was great because we invited people born across the last century. It's one of the few opportunities that we could have made that work. But every single hand at Folkestone Station uh, is somebody born in a separate year of the last century. So it covered a really broad spectrum of the town and everybody knew at least one of the hands at the station. So we had an exhibition at the gallery at the top of the old high street when we were there. Thousands of people came, which was great. And we managed to find enough people so that there was somebody for each year who could tell their story mm -hmm. of their connection to Folkestone. But what the realisation when the piece was made was that it affected everybody. And that was quite an extraordinary revelation to think everybody knows one of these people. And eventually we managed to raise the money and, and find the location for it to be at the station. Mm -hmm. But um, it was that, oh, that was a bit of a eureka thing where you think, my goodness, you can actually make work that involves lots of people that means a lot to people mm. and even now people come and talk to me about it which is great 18 years on which is fantastic so. yeah do you find there's a lot of the time you you go into a project going right this is what we want to create this is what we want to do but you come out with something completely different like you said they're learning so much about kind of that and that participation and involving people does it often start as one thing and evolve or does it depend on the project i think there's a framework that you have to sort of create as an artist but you've got to relax about what people choose to hang on that framework because mm -hmm. i think you know that you know you go into it as you know i'm i'm not i'm not always the artist who makes the work but in a lot of instances it's my sort of proposal or my idea or i work with somebody else and if it's participatory there has to be a point at which you think well, i don't know what's coming i told people what I'd like generally them to sort of involve themselves in but you have to wait and see what they choose to bring and I think yeah. you have to be relaxed enough to think well that's what they're bringing that's what people want this to be so that's what it ends up being because mm. you can only work it's a partnership yeah but yeah, yeah. Okay, and and it's it, I, I get because it's the same as kind of having these conversations, and mm. we kind of have a conversation before we come on, and and kind of now even while we're chatting, I'm hearing different things yes. that are really interesting. I love what you're saying about relaxing into it. You, I guess when you're doing applications, you've got to be very clear what you're doing, mm. especially if you're going for funding, but at the same time being relaxed and allowing it to become what it becomes. Yes. Yeah. But I think you know you you in, within that relationship, I'm the artist or whoever it is that's their role to sort of be the person who can deliver the end result so you have to be prepared to be you know strong enough to hold on to all the bits mm -hmm. but relaxed enough to let other things happen within that sort of framework mm. and then you, you don't know what you're going to get and it's great it's really exciting because you know you get people join in that bring something to the table you could never have anticipated yeah. and that's terrific yeah it must be so much fun. So for people out there who are at any stage, be they kind of having just being like, I want to, this is what I want to do from mm. a kind of a young age or kind of going, oh, maybe uh, kind of later on I want to have a change. How do people go about doing more of the sort of stuff that you do? Because I imagine it's not an easy thing. Like you said, the arts is a kind of can be elitist. You mentioned about the funding. What are some of the kind of bits of advice you'd give people? Yeah, I think um, don't do things to please other people. Mm -hmm. Be sure about what you want to do because then you can retain the passion for what you do. Um, 
being an artist, you know, it's a lifetime sort of you're developing throughout your lifetime. So if you know if you have a bit of a sort of dry patch, you think, oh no, I can't, I can't think of anything I want to do at the moment. Don't worry about it. That's mm. fine. And don't sort of think that everything you do is art because you know maybe it's not. Maybe it's just sort of developing what you're doing and yeah. getting some new ideas. So I think it's it's a long journey, and it's mm. not you don't have to be sparkly all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can you know you can make mistakes and you can sort of test things out, but. Um, yeah, yeah, as I said, you do know when you get it right, you sort of have that feeling that it's going to be the right thing. Yeah, but yeah, just I think just crack on as well. I think don't wait, don't ask, don't wait to be given permission to do okay. things. Yeah. That's really it. You know. Okay, that's a good one. Just and I guess would you say to people, is it about going out and just doing the work in whatever format you can, or yeah. is it more on the right? You've got to go down the traditional route of finding funding getting your project started depends what it is i mean if you need funding to certain things need funding i mean Mm. you know making a public artwork if it's a big thing then i mean i was we were having a little chat earlier and and um i made a piece of work uh, years ago which um was um called lucky penny Mm -hmm. and and uh i found 30 pounds in the street and i thought i can make a piece of work out of this and i had it um changed into pennies so i had three thousand pennies i wrote lucky penny on them put them in the street just let people find them let them feel better about themselves and eventually this evolved into a, the major piece of public artwork that I was commissioned to make for the folks in Triennial, the luckiest place on earth which is under the bridge at yeah. the station and it's that evolution of a thought process that eventually became something bigger that mm. you know you felt that if luck is a very sort of elusive sort of quality and if whether it exists or not is, is you know that's up to the individual to decide but it's something that everybody understands, whether yeah. they believe in it or not. So it, it has the power to affect change. Yeah, so a constant evolution of a process. Mm. And like it's, it's very easy, isn't it, sometimes when you get hit by an idea and you're like, oh, my God, this idea is amazing, and thinking this is it. But as you're saying, it may be just the first piece yeah. for what becomes something much bigger or, yeah. or different. And there's normally a core of... Well, any artist will tell you there's a core of... of um, of sort of uh, a passion that mm. runs through all their work which you know the way they make it may change it may not work in the same medium twice but it's that sense of what it is they're trying to achieve that um i would say from my experience anyway, yeah. uh, is uh, that runs throughout their careers throughout mm. their life as an artist so. yeah okay so what is coming next for the stuff you're on and, and particularly linking this in maybe with Folkestone as we said already is kind of changing growing mm-hmm. it's becoming so much more positive interest how does that affect where you're at the work you're doing and what comes next for you um what we're we doing well we've got we've had two projects which are regular projects obviously Cherry Valley Day yeah that, that happens every year we've probably worked with about 15,000 people over the years who've joined in made a costume part of that sense of, of that it's a tradition and yeah. that's a lovely thing yeah. um, the, the Cheriton Light Festival is now something which is um, a biennial event we had it this year so it'll be a couple of years yeah, away funding permitting and, and that's happening too but in the meantime we've got to, um, some public artworks happening delighted to have been commissioned by St Peter's Church on the Durlocks mm-hmm. to create um, a digital 3D printed frieze it's the 150th anniversary, and the, a, a couple of weeks ago, we actually had 120 people from the parish who live there, not, not necessarily congregation, but people who who's, uh, um, they, live, they live around the church sort of parish. And uh, we're creating a sort of contemporary, like a medieval frieze, but, but capturing these, these sort of lives and images of the people that um, make up st peter's parish now yeah. which is great so that's happening at the moment i'm making a public artwork for ashford which is 
fantastic to be commissioned to make a piece um, taking our idea of participatory practice to an, a, a community, a new community, because we haven't worked in Ashford mm -hmm. before. And uh, there's a new development called Erwick Place, and we're writing the history of the site, which is the old cattle market, through people's stories into the granite paving. So that's going to be a permanent the history of, of people's connection and attachment to the place will be acknowledged within the mm. the new development. So there's that. Um, it's yes. I'm I'm hoping that we'll get some work done in on our building in Cheriton. That's mm -hmm. something that we're working on at the moment because we moved to Cheriton about three years ago, and that's an interesting move to take ourselves out of the creative quarter and yeah. across to Cheriton to sort of look at developing um, from you know. With work with the community over there. So the Cheriton Light Festival came off the back of um, yeah. that move. So that's been sort of a really interesting thing to do. But we're still very much based in Folkestone. You know, we, we do work here, but we are sort of dotting all over the place. I mean, I work, a lot of our work happens here, but um, we've worked all over the place. So, yeah. yeah. Really cool. Bridget, it's been absolutely wonderful oh, well, thank you. hearing about it. I love hearing all the background and, yeah, some great messages. I know we ask people at the end kind of what, what's the take-home for people, but I think there's been hundreds of take-homes uh, take all the way through the discussion. <laughs> so um, hopefully anyone kind of interested, and I'm kind of hearing things going, yeah, that's definitely ideas and messages yeah. and, and things that can be useful for getting ideas and your message and something you want to express out to the world, which is yeah. hugely important thing, isn't it, for the soul? Oh, absolutely. And just talking to people and just feeling part of the community. I mean, it's great. There's some fantastic artists living in Folkestone doing great work. And it's, there's a community here. And it's for everybody to feel that they're part of that. Yeah. You know, that's, that's important. That's really great. Awesome. OK, and one final thing. If yep. people uh, don't follow you online, the social handles, where can they find out more about what you're doing? Uh, well, we've got Facebook, which um, Strange Cargo Arts, yep. which is our Twitter and Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, people can find you on there. Yeah, come and have a look. <laughs> Absolutely. Bridget, thank you so thank much. Thank you, Lou. Cheers. <laughs> Bye. Bye. A big thanks for listening to The Big Ideas Show. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, comment and review. Featured supporter, Bullfish Glass Services, are bespoke high-end glass manufacturers offering outstanding quality and service to help you bring your construction or interior design ideas to life. They share our vision and values of giving people the opportunity to learn, grow and discover their Eureka moment.